Hey, everybody, welcome back to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self help podcast to make life suck less. The very under the weather, sick, trying not to cough voice you are hearing right now is that of Misty Stinnett. And I am joined by my incredible, hilarious, wonderful friend, Bob Ross. Bob Ross. Bob is a talented painter. We've done so many of these episodes together. That is the voice of Lisa Linky. And this is the podcast where we do anything, we do anything we and do. everything. Related to self-help, we uh, read and review the world's most popular self-help books. We explore articles, thought-provoking questions. Every now and then we have an author on because it's true. we're medium fancy. We're just fans. So, yeah, we're, we're it, I think it's pronounced fank. We're fank. We're fank. But if we really knock it up a notch, we'll be funky. Stop trying to make fetch a word, Gretchen. <laughs> okay. um, so this we'll is, off the rails. This is what we're doing today. Um, actually, I don't know what we're doing today. This right. is going to spring something on me, and you're going to hear me sip tea with too much honey in it. I am going to open up a fake can of peanuts, and snakes are going to jump out at you with this one. Honestly, it's a good bit. <laughs> it's a I good have bit. a je provoke. Oh, God. I'm going to ask you a thought-provoking question, and I have... I am so mistied right now because I have so much data to... and and quotes to tell you, but everyone, I'm going to take that as a compliment yeah. and I'm going to assume it was intended as a compliment. It was my favorite. Is sometimes we'll be finished and Mr. will be like, so are there any facts or figures? And I'll be like, <laughs> nope. Yeah. I'm like, oh, so was there any way that we're supposed to like address that problem? And Lisa's like, I don't nope. think so. It's just awareness. So today's je provoke is wellness attainable. Okay. <laughs> She says as she tries not to wheeze through her answer. Is wellness attainable? Multi multifaceted question. Well, You're damn right it is. Well, Lisa, this is a trap. Oh, you've trapped us all mm. in like a very acute, fashionable sort of net. <laughs> but we got to define wellness first, right? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is the problem. Let me just tell you what happened when I started on this oh, no. journey. <laughs> I did a quick search of Google for, quote, is wellness attainable? And the surprise results or not so surprising results that I received include things like your ultimate guide to setting and achieving wellness goals, Mm -hmm. how to create attainable wellness goals as a mom, 10 wellness example goals for a healthier life, wellness, what it is and how to achieve it. Seven dimensions of wellness, eight dimensions of wellness, 12 dimensions of wellness. It's like, too many dimensions. It I don't is. even have that many fingers. Thank you. So I have 12. So <laughs> I wasn't gonna that say led anything. me to ask, how big is the wellness industry? Misty, guess how big the entire wellness industry is. Okay. Well, number one, they're still building the measuring stick to measure. Important caveat. I think it's a multi-trillion dollar industry, especially if it includes things like supplements and anxiety and Mm -hmm. sleep. And like, even if you just think about fashion related wellness, or should I say wellness related fashion, you've got things like 
Lululemon mm-hmm. or like every yoga pants company or Nike or whatever. I think it's trillions. I'm going to tell you that you're right, but I want you to put a number on it. Four trillion. Oh my God, Misty, you're really good. In an article by Bloomberg, <laughs> they estimate that wellness is a big global business with 5.6 trillion revenue in 2022. And that oh comes God. from a new report from the Global Wellness Institute, which is a leading inst- industry group in the wellness I'm assuming industry. they're all very well paid. They're a nonprofit organization. And they said that oh. the industry has grown from $3.4 trillion in 2013. And by 2027, it's expected to grow an additional 57%. Oh, my God. To a whopping $8.5 trillion, about twice as large as Germany's gross domestic product. Be right back, you guys. We're going to repivot the podcast into a wellness podcast and monetize. So that led me to another question. Mm. If capitalism is driving the wellness industry, oh boy, here comes your je provoke part deux. I'm sorry. You did not say this was a twofer. I did not sign up for this. Misty, is wellness attainable in a capitalist society? Okay. Here's the issue. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep going back to this definition of wellness because in a capitalist society, mm-hmm. right, one of the main measures of success in a capital mm-hmm. capitalistic society is wealth, mm-hmm. right? Starts with the word well. It's wellness, W-E-A-L. Wealthness. Wealthness. <gasps> the Start name of our new podcast. podcast. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and now the wellness industry is $6 billion. Thank you. Um, well, let me, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you the definition of wellness from the Global Wellness Institute. Would that help? Yes, it would help. They define wellness as the active pursuit of activities, choices, and lifestyles that lead to a state of holistic health. Mm -hmm. It's not a passive or static state, but rather an active pursuit that's associated with intentions, choices, and actions as we work toward an optimal state of health and well-being. Mm -hmm. Wellness is about more than just physical health. Most models of wellness include at least six dimensions and sometimes up to nine or 12. Hmm. Okay. Well, I feel really hot about this topic because mm. number mm. number one, I'm a I'm a words person, so I'm gonna dig into some of the words here. Damn, dig away. If wellness is defined as just being an active pursuit of something, mm-hmm. then no, you can never achieve it. You can mm. only ever be living into it, right? Mm-hmm. According mm-hmm. to that definition. Mm-hmm. I have really been struggling lately, and you'll hear this on an upcoming book that I'm reviewing for the podcast, Sneak Peek. Mm-hmm. And a, a very, That's the name of the book. It's called Sneak Peek. How to, how to be a voyeur in today's society. That's right. Written by Misty Stinnett. Um, <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about this because I think what we are fed over and over and over in this culture mm-hmm. is that you you should, with a capital S, be doing everything in your Mm. power to have what is deemed a great life. So that means like, you know, common ones that Mm -hmm. you and I do not necessarily subscribe to are have an amazing career, Mm -hmm. have no debt, Mm -hmm. have a great relationship, a fulfilling relationship, an amazing romantic relationship with incredible intimacy, parent perfectly, if that's your choice, parent perfectly. And in between just work and parenting, let's say Mm -hmm. you should also be able to squeeze in a passion project, but it should be 
a side hustle and hustling mm-hmm. is just kind of rebranded toxic positivity with mm-hmm. like, isn't this exhilarating mm-hmm. slant? Mm-hmm. And on top of all of that, you're not supposed to get stressed. You're supposed to get eight hours of sleep because mm-hmm. sleep is a huge part of wellness. And that's mm-hmm. something I don't think anybody will argue about. I'll do it if you need me to. Sure. And you're supposed to like also be active in your community and these like all of these things. And the truth is if you had no kids and no job, you might be able to hit maybe the top five. Yeah. (laughs) The top five of the top eight. But like, I, I don't know that any state number one has ever permanently achieved. And number two, it's always, have you seen the gif of of the guy who's like slipping on ice and for like 30 seconds with, the, with a shovel, it's with my a shovel, thing. he manages to not actually fully slip and fall down. He's just like mm-hmm. falling and trying to keep his balance for 30 full seconds. It's the most relatable gif of all time Yeah, because I feel like that's, that's what we do. So my, my answer is actually no. Great. I don't think you can achieve wellness, but I do think that you can prioritize it's like a worthy three pursuits. Some of those life. things are worthy pursuits. Yeah. And by, by the way, it's like, I, I just think it's unrealistic for any of us to expect that we'll have all of this at the same time. Oh, there yeah. might be a month where we're like, amazing. I'm going to yoga class. That's mm-hmm. my priority this month. I haven't seen my friends at all, but I love my yoga practice. No, no, but li- literally <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Like I'm going to go That's to- That's what I mean. I, yeah, instead like of going to dinner at night. To achieve it all in these 6, 12, 9, 47 dimensions yeah. is difficult. Well, wait, do you think? I, I know that you've got this article all in front of you and your or data. She's got something on her phone, you guys. Well- But do you think it's I'm going to ask you a, a question about what you said is that you don't think it's achievable all the time. I'm going to ask you, do you- especially on this podcast, as we've learned, do you think it's achievable for everyone in our society? No. Mm-hmm. So I now, don't. I you. don't. I think that there are given circumstances that some people are born into or they inherit or they're just hard. Mm-hmm. Some of us are just dealt a hard hand. Mm-hmm. You so know, are you ready for this new term? Um, I don't know. Think about wellness privilege. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. I made her cough. Oh, okay. I'm allergic. Hold on. (laughs) Wow. Here's a quote. Wellness privilege includes access to physical, emotional, social, financial, and community sense of well-being. For some people, it's much easier to access wellness services. That's right. 100% true. And then I got into this. Mm. Somebody in this article mentioned when employers provide wellness programs, Mm -hmm. they place the burden on the individual. For example, try our free meditation app or try our gym subsidized membership instead of addressing the reasons that the person may be experiencing the problem in the first place. Mm -hmm. Do they pay this person enough to access healthy foods? Is their workload too much to allow for rest or time to exercise? That's right. Which is a very capitalist mindset. And you won't believe it, but I found an article that says, the title is, How Capitalism Creates Barriers to Wellness. Wow. Okay. So it's an article from Medium and this author, Claire Radigan, starts off with this quote from Gwyneth Paltrow taken from an interview in the New York Times in which Gwyneth said, the true tenets of wellness are all free, being in nature, meditating, eating whole foods. Mm -hmm. So then this author reflected by saying, I chose this quote because it got me thinking. It bothered me and I couldn't quite put my finger on why. Mm -hmm. After all, it was probably a completely well-intentioned comment 
She says, I guess it made me reflect upon what exactly it is that bothers me about the wellness industry, despite being passionate about wellness myself. In all fairness, in an ideal world, the above quote would be absolutely true. That's right. But then when 10% of the world population, 828 million people go to bed hungry at night, how can that statement be true? That's right. Or you live in a food desert. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You you live in an urban environment with very few trees. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then that led me to another article, Misty. We went, I rarely go down rabbit holes, but this I, one I was I about did. to say, who are you? What's this, happening? This is by a woman named Alicia Ellis Madsen. She's a music therapist, and she wrote the article tit- titled, Is It Possible to Have Wellness Without Toxic Wellness Culture? Oh, wait, yeah. is it possible to have wellness without toxic wellness mm-hmm. culture? That's, we so could here's her example. for a long time. Yeah. yeah. She wrote about attending a breathwork class and it was at the top of a staircase, no disabled access. And she has a hidden disability and she had to decide in that moment if she would suffer mm. to get there or out her disability to her friend who was waiting for her in there by saying, I can't climb these stairs. Wow. And so she said, quote, we live in a time when wellness has become synonymous with toxic wellness culture. When I think of, but when I think of wellness, I'm thinking of something entirely different than wellness culture, which in its most toxic form is infamous for its portrayal of perfection, especially physical perfection, its exclusivity and its overt individualism that often results in apathy towards social justice issues and collective planetary needs. Mm. On the other hand, I see wellness as a way of living and being that supports physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health for both the individual and the collective. Yeah. Which I do think that wellness culture is me, 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 me. How am I optimizing, right? Yeah. Screw the planet. I'm getting individual medicine, you know, vitamins in plastic wrap. Right. I'll get all these little day. packets of adaptogens. <laughs> yes. Yep. So she, this, this goes on, Misty. I went down a deep rabbit hole. It's, I mean, it's a fascinating topic. Yeah. We're almost there. We're almost there. Hang with me. If you're like, Lisa, get off your capitalist platform, I say, Stop listening. <laughs> no, no, no. Also, like, also, does it don't. help to know that we pay out of pocket for the podcast? And right. We don't yes. make money off of it. So, so this um, this woman who had the disability issue with the stairs, she asked a wellness coach about it. She said to Lindsay Voorhees, who's an occupational therapist turned wellness coach, and she said, "What is wellness versus wellness culture?" And this woman said, in reflecting on this prompt, I was actually surprised just how dissimilar, almost dichotomous, my conceptions of wellness and wellness culture are. Mm. She was free associating for a bit. And then what she found was proof of her conceptions. The first word under wellness was wholeness. The second was connection. Conversely, the first word under wellness culture was perfection, followed immediately by never enough. Mm. And so she went on to say she believes that wellness is about finding and connecting with our whole selves, deeply personal and relational. Wellness culture can actually encourage disconnection from our inner wisdom and from others as we strive to become our, quote, best selves by following outside voices, programs, and protocols. Wellness culture also hyper-focuses on individuals and mostly ignores community and societal health and wellness, including all the inequities of racism, homophobia, sexism, ableism, et cetera, Mm -hmm. which I love because this is really putting language around what you and I were experiencing in that first year of doing this podcast. Yeah. We could not really put our finger on it. That's right. One of the top things that's coming to mind is I started watching this documentary on Netflix about blue zones, 
which blue zones are places in the world that produce the most centenarians. So people that oh, yeah, live like in Japan. Yes, the exactly. Coast of Japan. Okinawa mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. one of the the main places for this. So these they are eat people, fish and vegetables and they do weaving baskets underwater. They have a very calm life. And well, it's it's yes. <laughs> it's and more it's than that, that. And more than that. <laughs> and I'm not done watching the documentary yet, so I'm, I can't speak, you know, definitively, but one of the bigger things is this sense of belonging and community. Yes. And that is such a huge part of of wellness as opposed to like, you just need to hike more. You just need to meditate 30 more minutes. You just need to wear these perfect, you know, neoprene yoga pants or whatever. And the other thing that came to mind before you, you know, continue on is when I think of wellness, I keep thinking of like perfectly manicured like women or like fit men. And I'm seeing this kind of glamorous um, image of, you know, an amalgamation of advertisements in my head. Mm -hmm. But when I think about the times that I was feeling truly well, Mm -hmm. I didn't look anything like those. I was on my couch knee deep in a bag of potatoes. (laughs) No, but it's true. It's true because it's like if you, and also I think wellness is really relative. Like as, as you know, which I don't think we've really shared on the podcast very much. I had trouble sleeping for like two years and there was a six month period where I just like really did not sleep and it didn't matter what meds I was on or wasn't on or tried or didn't try. That's right. So for me now, a baseline of wellness is like, I got eight hours sleep last night. Yeah. That's incredible. Or it means I let myself sleep so I didn't do my makeup and my hair. And so if you ran into me in Los Angeles running errands, you might be like, wow, that woman doesn't have a very high level, excuse me, of wellness just like looking at me. But the truth is the way I feel internally on those days is so much better. Yeah. Then the truth is I feel that way about you every day. That I am amazing or that I have such a low level. That's right. Oh, <laughs> my whole goal has been to get Misty to cough. I'm going to mute myself. Hold on. <laughs> you may continue. Okay. So then I came across this article, Achieving Wellness in a Capitalist Society. I'm living for this, Lisa. You are? I'm li- the this research. is so interesting. My little STEM friend. Okay. STEM. This person named Tracy Cosette Moore, she's a Bronx-born poet, and she pondered this if this is possible in the influencer area. Mm. So she says, quote, it is incumbent upon white wellness creators to take a step back and unpack some of the colonialist implications of their content. Mm. Independent and entrepreneurial creators have remodeled wellness to be something that can be bought and mass distributed through meal plans, workout regimens, and mental and spiritual Mm self-help. Access to wellness is exclusively granted to those privileged enough to afford it, perform it, and quote, manifest it. Oof. She said, if the bar is always being raised, if more is always being required, how are those experiencing hardships at the hands of capitalism supposed to achieve wellness? How are they to ignore the societal neglect they experience and just receive pointers from online spaces that disqualify and exclude them? And if economic hardship lessens, how does one address the trauma that sticks around? Mm. I really liked her perspective. She's a black disabled femme, all right? Mm -hmm. And so her perspective on wellness is this. I believe wellness is about autonomy, access, and agency. Mm. Autonomy is the right to self-determine what I am in need of. Access, the ability to get that need met. 
and agency, the power to direct one's own life and control the outcome. I love that definition. She said, so much of my experience is dictated by structures set up to exclude me from wellness and systems not set up for me to survive, let alone thrive in a world that silences my needs and expects me to always be the first to prioritize everyone else's before my own. I refuse to carry shame around what I must endure to live. That is not my responsibility. Mm, It's so powerful. I just think it's so different, right? This concept of wellness versus wellness culture. Mm -hmm. And then- like you were mentioning earlier, it's so relative. Yeah. So here for a black femme disabled uh, woman, that's what it means to her. Yeah. So I guess as we wrap up, I just want to invite you and everyone listening to think about how you define wellness and me too, because I yeah. sure as heck don't know what it is. No, I mean, this is this is such an excellent, excellent discussion and, and an amazing set of questions. And what I love about her definition is that it's got these foundational elements. Mm-hmm. Do I get to choose? Do mm-hmm. I have access mm-hmm. to taking action on those choices mm-hmm. and agency and mm-hmm. how my life unfolds? Whereas in my mind, wellness is like, did I drink a green juice today? <laughs> yes. Did I hit 30 minutes of meditating? And when we have all of these like external checkboxes, versus an internal source of power, mm-hmm. right? Determining and, what I need today versus, right? Yeah. Like I versus, only slept six hours. I'd actually prefer a 30-minute nap, but I have to get my right my meditation in or I failed. Yeah. And, and we have all, I'm sure every single person can think of a time where everyone was like, you should X, Y, Z. And instead you were like, no, the thing I really need is this other <laughs> yes. thing. And you went and did it and it was exactly right for you. And- The additional layer that's coming up is when so much is thrown at us all the time about what wellness quote unquote is. Yeah. The green juice, the yoga, the meditation, the low stress, all the sleep, all the hydration, like all of those things. Whenever I fail to meet all of those or some of those, which is a hundred percent of the time, I feel like a failure. Yes. As opposed to going like, I decided what was right for me today. Today I felt like skipping dinner and eating popcorn at a movie. Sometimes that is the right choice. And you intuitively know that your insides need that. I think especially as um, female presenting people, we are often kind of told what it, like someone knows better. And for sure, Mm -hmm. people of different races and socioeconomic backgrounds, everybody's kind of telling you what you need to do. Right. So I love this idea of, (laughs) of deciding for myself what wellness is. Right. And then not being, uh, you know, not being a bitch to myself if I don't, if I don't hit it. Well, you and I have also talked about this concept that we coined called big stick energy. (laughs) Now, when you, yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. Big stick energy. And what we're talking about are the measuring sticks that you use to measure your life. So for example, in particular, not using the measuring stick of someone else. Yeah, that's I got right. my no, own no, no. big stick. Yeah, yeah. So for example, if I you were to say, Misty, what's your wellness level right now? And I was to go through the wellness industries yeah. kind of checklist, I would honestly be taking out a subpar measuring stick mm-hmm. and being like, I'm not doing well. But if I took out a measuring stick that was like that author that you just mm-hmm. said, like, did I exercise agency today? Did I follow my intuition? And did I have access to the things I needed? Mm-hmm. That is big stick energy. So sometimes, thank you, Lisa. So sometimes when I feel like I'm failing, 
I have to pause and be like, what measuring stick am I using to measure my success? Typically it's a comparison. That's right. Just like, yeah, that's right. So I, I would love if you listening would be willing to share how this has made you think differently about it. If you hate what I'm saying, also fine. I love to be hated. Um, (laughs) Does your definition of wellness align with the wellness industry? Was it given to you? Or what is your definition of wellness? Is it individualized or set around community? Could you borrow from either one to Mm -hmm. make a broader definition? There's no wrong answers. I love the idea that everybody comes up with what it means for them. And I just encourage everyone to think about if this definition was given to you, or if you chose it and created it. And if you don't have one, maybe you can create one. Yeah, mine was given to me by my mom. Her name is Instagram. And well, mine was given to me by my dad and its name is Capitalism. That's right. That's right. Hell of a couple. When Capitalism and Instagram first met, it was magic. It was ads at first sight. <laughs> um, and we are, no, seriously, would love to hear from you. We're gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can also contact us through our bright, shiny new website, mm-hmm. gohelpyourself.co. And if you listen on Spotify at the very end, you will be asked a question um, and you can give a comment. And we read all of those. We really do. And we, and we love, love them. you so much. Thanks, Spotify. Yeah. And also, if you haven't in a hot minute since we're back... We're back on the sh- on the feed on Bad the airwaves. The feed is nice and warm now. Um, if you haven't done so already, go ahead and leave us a review. It mm-hmm. really helps people uh, rediscover our show and mm-hmm. let the algorithms, the deity of the algorithms, know that we are alive. Mm-hmm. I take it back. Capitalism is not my daddy. Algorithms is my daddy. Algorithm daddy. Oh, algorithm daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Along with Sky Daddy. And with that. Life is abundant. Go Help Yourself was produced by Lisa Linky yeah. and Misty Stinnett. Uh-huh. And let's be real, a little capitalism. Thank you, Big Stick Energy. <laughs> if you'd like to get in touch with us, please write to us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com or sign up for our newsletter Ooh. at gohelpyourself.co. Oh. Goodbye. Goodbye.